what's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q on One edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q on Ones, what I like to do is interview people. Sometimes they can be local entrepreneurs, or they could be someone um, who's doing their thing worldwide. Um, so it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story and what gave them the passion to do what they do or provide the type of service they provide. So please sit back and enjoy the show. And please be encouraged to share. A lot of people, including myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth, you know. So the more you spread the knowledge about the show, then the more people who can tune in and grow this thing and make it bigger. And it also gives more support for the people who I bring on the show who are looking to get their product or services out to the masses. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. She's the host of the Beacon of Truth podcast, which can be heard on Anchor. Residing in the Peach State of Georgia, please welcome Miss Erin Bull to the Talk to Q Radio Show. Erin, what's going on? Thank you. How are you? I am outstanding. And I thank you for taking the time to do the show. Now, first things first. Now, I'll be honest, I'm not exactly sure when this podcast will release. We're recording on June the 1st. And um, so a lot of things have been going on in the country over the last 72 hours. And you're not very far from the ATL. And it's been a very trying time for many cities across the country with the fallout behind the George Floyd murder in Minnesota. So my first question is, um, is everything okay in your area and, and where you are? Your family good? You're safe? Yes, sir. Um, all of my family is safe. You know, um, I do live with my parents. So just to give you some perspective, I'm 38 years old. So my parents are, my mom is like 66 and my stepdad is like 71. So we've been already, you know, quarantined, staying at home anyway as a result of the coronavirus. And we are about 20 minutes south, uh, southeast of the city of Atlanta. I have not ventured out to see what they got going on because, you know, I respect what they're doing, but I'm not trying to get involved mm-hmm. and the Rona is still out there. So I don't want to take a risk of either getting myself sick or bringing it back home. So we, we are all safe. We're staying here, but my TV is on 24 seven, keeping an eye on everything that's going on. Yeah. There's so much going on. A lot of people are forgetting that railroad is still out there. So mm-hmm. I mean, everyone needs to be safe. If they decide to venture out. And so what's your take on the George Floyd death? I mean, what was your reaction to it? And what's your reaction to the rioting that's occurred afterwards? Well, my reaction to the actual murder of Brother George Floyd, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. You know, I mean, I'm a black woman that loves black men, and I am just exhausted. My soul is tired from seeing black men being shot down by the police month after month, week after week. And the issue with this situation is not just that we have George Floyd going on, but just, you know, we just got through or, you know, still in the process of dealing with Ahmaud Arbery, which was not a police-involved shooting. However, you know, there was yeah. some police bungling of the investigation. You know, you have Breonna Taylor uh, in Kentucky. you got Sean Reed. You know, yeah, we, we have a series of cases uh-huh. that have taken place all within 30 days or at least come to the forefront because, like, in Breonna's case, she was murdered in uh, March. Ahmaud Arbery was murdered in February. But all of these cases... Cases are coming to the forefront right now on top of each other, you know, so it's just an overload of black lives being lost. So 
Um, you know, I mean, that, that it rocks your soul. It rocks your soul because I, one of the things that attracts me most to black men is their skin. You know, it, it's just the melanin. Yeah. You know, and so for something that I love so much to put that person at risk, you know, that's a juxtaposition that is hard to reckon with. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, and, you know, the feminine instinct is to want to protect and want to hover and whatnot, but we can't do it ourselves. We can't uh-huh. keep y'all safe, you know. And, like, my situation, to be honest, like, I'm engaged. And my concern right now is will he become my husband or will he be a hashtag first? Which one is going to take place? You know, and I don't think that that's a fair concern uh-huh. that anybody said, not just for me because I'm not the only one. There are a lot of us that love black men, you know, and that it, it shouldn't loving a man shouldn't come with the risk beyond his personality. You know what I'm saying? The risk should not just be in the skin that you choose to love, you know, the risk that comes with it is so sad because I, I've heard people talk about um, people who are in the families of, with a cop and they say, well, you know, when he goes to work every day, I just pray that he gets home safely. And it's like, we do too. You know, with our families. We pray our families get home safely because it's just as dangerous for us. And so it's sad. And as far as the rioting is concerned, I I understand people have frustrations. And, you know, you try to do things peacefully. You get shot. You try to do things a different way. You still get shot. But, I mean, what's your take on all the rioting that's going on? How do you feel about it? Well, I have actually had to, you know, walk some things back because initially, especially when they came to Atlanta and they're down there, you know, defacing the city that I love. I, I was I was hurt. Like, why are y'all mm-hmm. tearing this up? But I literally slept on it and woke up in a different mindset because at the end of the day, when we were kneeling for peace and for equality and, you know, to stop the police brutality, they didn't hear us. When we marched peacefully, they didn't hear us. You know, we we have done so many other things prior to now to be heard, and it's not being heard. And and one of the other things with the riots is we have a lot more diversity involved with, and I won't say the riots, I'll say the protests. Because that is definitely what I'm in favor of. Now, with the rioting, like the looting right. and everything else, uh, I get it. Because this here, here's why I kind of get it. I would never do it. I'm not saying, oh, y'all should go out and do it. Like, no, uh, I'm not condoning it. I'm not for it. But I get it because when we were explaining the value of our lives to you, you didn't get it. So we, you obviously have no heart for us to reach. So we have to go to your pocket because that's what you do care about. You know, what I mean that that's what matters to you is when when it hits your pocket, then suddenly yeah. your ears work. When we were reaching for your heart, you were deaf. <laughs> you know, so that's just my my take on it. Again, you know, I I so I respect it. You know, I I. I I have mixed emotions about it. I do hate to see buildings and um, landmarks and things that are important to us. Like the CNN building is a big deal to me. 
you know, because I'm from here, and uh-huh. I know everything that's there. It's part of, like, kind of a metroplex, so it's around all of our sports arenas, not to mention just that it houses CNN, uh-huh. um, which was a groundbreaking thing for Atlanta, you know. But so, you know, that part is devastating, but I have to just kind of let people do what they do and control what what I do. I got you. And, well, I – um. Just pray that everyone stays safe, and I, I hate that some of the black-owned businesses got caught up in some of this, uh, but I guess as far as the big corporations like Target or, or Walmart and all this stuff, I mean, you have insurance to replace that stuff. Uh, I, it's unfortunate, but you have insurance to replace that stuff. These people can't replace a life, and folks need to pay exactly. attention to that. There is no going back for George Floyd, you know, and and uh, Ahmaud Aubrey and the, and Breonna Taylor and the others. There's no going back. And so I just wish people would really pay attention and understand what we're trying to say because it's not hard. Right. And uh, stop panicking because these cops are scared. I mean, if you're scared, you don't need a badge. That's all there is to it. So I, I think there's a lot that the police department needs to address. But, I mean, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts with that. And you discuss a number of things on the Beacon of Truth podcast, uh, from things like, you know, what's going on, current events and politics. You also talk about what sports and relationships. Can you tell us about your podcast and what what inspired you to do it? Sure. So, um, obviously, the title of my podcast is The Beacon of Truth, and that is ultimately the motivation behind it. So what inspired me to just start the podcast was because I felt like, I needed to have a platform to speak truth in the middle of misinformation, disinformation, and just outright lies. You know, so whatever the conversation is, whatever the topic of the the episode is, you should always walk away uh-huh. um, either being enlightened, informed, you know, at minimum entertained, but I always try and give somebody a little nugget or a jewel to carry forth. You know, and I invite anybody onto my platform who needs, you know, just a space to amplify their message. Um, Obviously, I'm black. I'm pro-black. I love black. And I support black. So, you know, Uh that's not the only angle. But, you know, we we have to speak up for ourselves, you know. Um, So just in short, the Beacon of Podcast, I mean, sorry, the Beacon of Truth podcast is really just about being a beacon of truth in the world of misinformation, disinformation, and lies. And like you said, we do cover a variety of topics, you know, um, issues impacting the black community now, uh, a different perspective on black on black crime. We talk about love and relationships, Mm -hmm. sports, politics, and, you know, voter engagement, and just anything in general. That's what's up. It's my type of show right there. And so what do you want your listeners to get out of your show? If someone listens to an episode or two, what do you want them to take with you when they listen to the Beacon of Truth? Um, I would love for them to take a different perspective or offer a different perspective. You know, so most of my shows, unless I have a, uh, a guest on, most of my shows are about 10, uh-huh. 15 minutes because it's, it's pretty much just me. Okay. So it's just, you know, hit you with something quick. And you can provide feedback or, you know, share it with your friends, start a conversation. It's just about bringing those kitchen table conversations out into the world. All right. That sounds good. So 
I do um, encourage people to check out the Beacon of Truth podcast on Anchor, and uh, you'll definitely be better for it. So I know there's so much going on in the world today, but we all miss a very popular outlet, and that's sports. Sports is one of the ways that many people can come together, and I had to think about the ills of society for a few hours. I'm a huge football fan, and I found out that you are as well. Now, uh, yes. you and I are a member of a, a Facebook group called the Pod Squad. Shout out to them. A great group for podcasters to network. And so, you know, you're in the football. I had to ask you, how did you get into football? I mean, when did it all begin for you? Ooh, um, I have been into football probably for about 20 years. So initially, okay. me being that young, I just started just getting into football. Plus, that was the thing that I shared with my father, you know, so it was just kind of one of them things. Okay. And he had the opportunity. My dad got me into every sports arena here in Atlanta. You know, I've been to baseball games, basketball right. games, football games, um, even golf tournaments, which I was like, Dad, really golf? But he exposed <laughs> me to those things. And so, you know, I mean, I was aware and I chose football. I, I don't know what I love about it, but I, at one point I was into basketball, but they got too many too many games, mm-hmm. too many teams. It's too much to keep up with, but I'm like, it okay, is a lot of games. football is, is <laughs> 32 teams, 16 games, you know, three days a week. I can do this, <laughs> but I can't. They're like, basketball? No, I can't. <laughs> I can could, I could keep up with it. I feel you on that, and I personally don't even know how I started watching football. I was the first person in my family to really like it, and I was probably about three or four years old, and I kind of got the rest of my family to like it. And I have no idea how it started for me. I just gravitated towards it. But like, as a woman, do men ever attempt to try to, like, shame you as if your football knowledge is inferior to theirs? How, how is it being around men? Because you know how sometimes how we act whenever a woman wants to talk football with us. We can be unruly sometimes. Oh, yes, yes. And one of their favorite things to do, especially because I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, so that means that I'm very loyal because I really don't have, you know, from a record standpoint, I don't have a reason to be (laughs) supporting my beloved Uh Falcons, but they are the home team, you know. Right, right. Okay. But uh, so, you know, because of that dynamic, because, you know, I mean, it, it it is what it is. You are absolutely uh, correct. I get a lot of men that try and, and challenge me. And, you know, and they'll tell me certain things. Like, I am the person, I could be a referee, okay? That's how knowledgeable I am. Like, as soon as they blow the whistle, I have okay. my imaginary That's flag. And I'm calling the penalty before the, the microphone comes on. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm that right. knowledgeable about it. So, you know, I have to flex my football muscle like so it it takes about five minutes for for a man to realize oh my bad and I find that you actually like one thing about a woman that is into football not the ones that's just looking at them in the you know in the um tights and and pads and stuff but for a woman that is really into football like you know not caught up with how fine he is but how well he plays knows his record where he went to school yeah and things like that Right. 
those women, me included, are actually more knowledgeable about the sports and the, I mean, about the sport and the rules than a lot of the guys. Because with the guys, they follow uh, players and they jump from team to team, you know, oh, who's got the winning record? That's who I'm rocking with, you know. But me, I have the same jersey on 365. Football is all is an all year right. thing. There is no off season for me, you know. Now I do go into an off season, especially like okay. this year with it being uh, in question. I have not been as uh, in tune to the movement and whatnot. I did watch the draft, right. which I almost like never, never watched the draft because it's boring and I can't keep up with it. But I had time because we were quarantined, you know. But I, I'm that woman. I have the Atlanta Falcons app. I have the Georgia Bulldogs app. I have the ESPN app and the NFL app. So I, I, I'm normally very informed on what's going on. And my focus is on the NFC South. So, you know, I'm very mindful of what moves are going on and obviously our, our schedule. So, yeah, we, we're in for a rough one this, this season. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of the NFC South, you know, Tom Brady goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and everybody's hollering about Tampa Bay. Do you think he's going to be a threat in Tampa? Uh, I don't think that he will be a threat this year because, you know, you have to redesign your whole scheme when you have a Tom Brady. You okay. have, and then he pulled Gronkowski out of retirement. I felt some type of way about that. I was like, okay, Tom Brady was cool, but now he's bringing in reinforcements. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So Tampa Bay has been like the little brother of the NFC South. Like they've been irrelevant for a long time, especially when they had Jameis Winston. Like he was like, oh, yeah, as long as they keep him as quarterback, uh-huh. I'm so not worried. I'm so not worried about him. <laughs> but, you know, I was a little concerned. The concern for me is having to face Tom Brady twice a year. So this yeah. year, I think that we will, at best, we will split with them. I really think that we will split. And what's going to happen is we will lose the first game we play them. We'll make adjustments, and then the second game we'll be ready. Because clearly we have faced Tom uh-huh. Brady before. We're not gonna bring that up. We're not. Gonna, we're not gonna bring that up. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> but we we faced him. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. You know, old age, boy. Ooh, child. Okay. All right. Okay. Fine. I will say it for the listeners. Twenty-eight to three. All right. We're done. But we have uh. not done well in preparing to face him, and I think that we will underestimate him once again because I don't underestimate Tom Brady. I'm not telling you, you know, now he's a little older, but I think the team as a whole this year will not be in first or second place. Now, they're not going to be as bad as they have been. They have made some other moves as well as getting Tom Brady and Gronkowski. You know, they uh, strengthened their uh, offensive line. So, you know, I mean, there there's some concerns. From Tampa Bay this year that I have not had previously. Okay, we'll see what happens. I have uh, my 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 lady friend is uh, is a is a Saints fan, so I know that makes you happy. Ooh. And so she's kind of concerned about the NFC South as well. And she is a huge sports fan. Period. Uh, I mean, mainly football, but uh, and I enjoy talking to her about sports just as much as I do just about any other guy. Now, I have a group of guys 
um, who are on my show regularly, Ray, Eminem, and Buck, and those are my dogs. When it comes to talking sports, those are my guys because, you know, we all go back to the 70s with, you know, our sports memories and stuff. And uh, But I, I enjoy, you know, women who talk sports and actually know the sport. You know, I mean, I, I just think it's great. I, I'm encouraged by it. And, I mean, now there are a lot of ladies in sports media now. You see a lot of women on ESPN and Fox Sports. And do you feel confident in their knowledge when you watch them? Or do you think that they're mainly there for eye candy? Because just about all of them are pretty pleasing to look at. Right. Right. And I, I, I think that they play into the eye candy role more so than they're made out to be eye candy. Does that make sense? Like, I, I feel like they show up yeah. as eye candy. With the exception now, with the exception of my girl, Pam Oliver, because that, that thing never have her hair done. She don't care nothing about it. <laughs> but she's the oh, one always wow. on the field. You know, she's always there. <laughs> don't act like you did not know that Pam Oliver wig be like, it looked like she just woke up, said, oh, I got to be on the air in five minutes, threw on something and said, uh, we're alive from Tampa Bay. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I Poor respect panel. her. She's very knowledgeable. Now, with the different sportscasters, this is the thing. The ones that are actually on the field and, you know, interviewing the players and, you know, um, comment, commentating the actual game, they're very knowledgeable. But the ones that are on, like, those um, ESPN shows, you know, they some some of them, especially the less melanated ones, they get very girly. Mm. You know, and I don't think, and me as a woman that is really into sports, but obviously into football, I would, I really want you to get on their level. You know what I'm saying? Run the plays, talk about the penalties, this, that, the third, you know, the players and the attributes and whatever. Don't give me that whole, that we're not at the cocktail lounge. We're not on, a, you know, date night or something like that. You up here to be a professional. I'm going to need you to do that. Now, if you are attractive, you can be attractive. But just, you know, I don't I don't know how, like, just be one of the, one of the guys. I don't know. I know that's going to bother some people, but. I'm not saying to give up your femininity ever. No, I'm a woman. Be proud of being a woman. But when you enter right. into the field of sports, it's really not about are you a man or a woman. It's about do you know the rules? Do you know the game? Do you know, you know, the outcomes? And can you project what's going to happen? Those kind of things. So it really should be, like, no different between am I listening to a guy speak about the, the football game or a woman? Okay. Now, I'm a fan of some of the ladies, uh, like Susie Culver. I like her. Pam Ward is one of my favorites. I think Pam Ward was the first lady to ever do play-by-play for um, a college football game back in, like, 20 years ago. Uh, Hannah Storm, and uh, there's another one I'm forgetting. I can't think of. But there, there, Jamel Hill, I loved Jamel Hill. Absolutely loved her. And so there's some there I think are, are really good, and there's some others that I'm like, okay, if she didn't have on this this short skirt, would she actually be on the air? You know, because like the shorter the skirt, the the less I have confidence in them. But um, it's, yeah, right. I was wondering how other women thought about that. So uh, I guess it's like um, kind of confirms what I was thinking. If I said it, and, 
what was the I can't remember the sportscaster that got Lamar Ball's uh, daddy kicked off? That got Daddy Ball kicked off of um, ESPN. Um, um, let's see, what was her name? Oh, that was uh, but it's Jalen Rose's issue. wife, I think. Yeah, I took issue with that. Like that is a prime example of what bothers me. Like. I didn't think that it was as serious as they made it out to be. And I'm always going to be an advocate for a woman first and protecting, you know, women. But fair is fair. Like, all he did was just say, I don't, you know, she said, can I um, change gears with you? And he said, you can switch gears with me anytime. Now, that was a little false on it, but. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that was Molly Kerm. That's that's who that was. I think, I think that okay. was her name. But, uh, yeah, Jalen Rose's wife or fiancé at the time, I can't recall. But, uh, yeah, and I know people cross the line. Joe Namath tried to kiss Susie Calder on Monday Night Football one night when he was drunk. And um, that was uh, way out of bounds. And Yes. But I, I, I think that there are some ladies who are very well respected and, you know, people treat them with respect because of how they – come at them, you know, because they're they're there to be professionals. Or there's some other ones that I'm like, okay, maybe you studied journalism and you know how to be on camera, you know, or something like that, but you really don't know about sports. You're just here to kind of facilitate. You can tell that the knowledge is not necessarily there just by some of the questions that they ask. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of guys on TV that don't know what they're talking about either. But some of the guys will always get the benefit of the doubt because football has always been looked at as a man, man's sport, but and the women don't right. get the benefit of the doubt, and they have to work twice as hard to be credible. But I've always wondered what some of the women thought. Um, I heard today that Josina Anderson from ESPN got released, and uh, which I hate to see her lose her job. I wasn't necessarily a fan of hers. Um, I thought her makeup was a little distracting, but, I mean, if I say that, I'm being chauvinistic, so I really can't just say that, even though I just did, but, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, I mean, I just think that takes away sometimes when you're, you're putting so much out there that it really kind of takes away, you know, like most people look at Michael Irvin's suits and don't pay attention to what he has to say, which is probably why he yells all the time. So, 2020 NFL season, do you think this season is going to happen? I mean, I, I'm, I'm starting to get worried. I know people are talking about they're going to go ahead and start opening some of the facilities and let these guys work out. And, uh, you know, we may not have much of a training camp for some of these guys, but do you think the season is going to start on time, college or pro? Um, I'm not so sure about college because they actually – Start right around the time that we go in preseason, and that NFL goes in the preseason. So that that does push it up a little bit. So I don't I don't know, but just generally speaking, I might just be optimistic. But I do think we will have um, an NFL season, and um, I think that we should. I, I think that we should. You know, even if we do it with no fans. Even even if we do it with no fans, because I think that part of what is just going that. on with the world is is just, you know, we don't have anything to look at. Basketball is gone. You know, they haven't brought back. The only thing they brought back was golf and NASCAR. 
Like, that does not apply to us. That is not going to keep us yeah. in the house. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, and then if they, did, if they did the season without uh, without fans, then that would allow for the social distancing of the teams. You know, now, granted, I know it's like you got 52 players, uh, the coaching staff, medical staff, referees, you know, but I still believe, you know, I mean, you <laughs> – you on a hundred yards. You can't social distance all them people somehow. Even if you just stretch the whole team <laughs> down the line, like just make it work, NFL. Make make it work. Make it make it work. I do think it's gonna be yeah, an I interesting season though. Yeah, why is that? Uh, because like you said, we may or may not have a training camp. They have not been able to have the normal team activities, the cohesion team building things. And so now you're going to see the ones that are actually dedicated to their craft, the ones that are continuing to work out even without a regimen, even without being part of the team, you know, people that are just wanting to be number one, if they, even if they only get to play one game, you know, and then some people are like, it's chill time, you know, so, you know, they falling off from their routine to keep their bodies, you know, ready for the game. So you're going to see what everybody's made of. It's definitely going to be interesting. And I wonder, you know, exactly how my team is going to fare without much of an off season. Now I already dropped a bomb on you about my lady being a Saints fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. So, oh Lord, have mercy! Uh, you should have told me uh, that for we thought for this interview. I see what. <laughs> I was waiting on that. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, um, and you know we have a new coach, coaching staff this year, so without that, you know the rookie camp and the training camp to try to get everyone on the same page with the coaching staff, I'm a little concerned even though our offensive coordinator is the same, you kind of want to be able to let these guys get used to the new, you know, any new strategies that are coming. And about a training camp, you don't know how that's going to go. So the more veteran teams with the more disciplined players will definitely have an advantage this season, which means we, there could be some unpredictability. You never know. A team you had maybe mediocre expectations from could rise to the top this year. So uh should be a lot of fun, but I'm like you. I don't care if the fans are there or not. I've got to see some football. All right. Well, Aaron, it's been a pleasure to chop it up with you. Where can people find the Beacon of Truth podcast and connect with you on social media? Well, the Beacon of Truth um, is on Anchor, which is also on Spotify and a number of other platforms. Also, uh, I have a Facebook and an Instagram and a Twitter. All of it is the Beacon of Truth. So if you just – Put that in social media. Hopefully, you'll pull me up. That's what's up. I'll have to follow on uh, IG and Twitter myself. I haven't done that yet, so I'll be sure to look for you. And, Aaron, I truly appreciate you taking the time to do this q on one interview on the Talk Radio show this evening. And I hope that your Falcons have some success this season, unless they play the Cowboys. Mm. Mm. I really hope we have success if we play the Cowboys. But uh, thank you so much, Q. It has been a pleasure. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number two Q. 
So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.